Welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, conversations designed to help you as you live, learn, and lead through pain. And now the host of the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, Davey Blackburn. Hello, welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. My name is Davey. I'm your host and joining me, Mel, our co-host. Mel, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I'm enjoying this weather. Oof, it's about time that it's summer. I know that for a while there, the beginning of summer, I was, especially here in the Midwest, I was like, are we going to have summer this year? Are we going to have summer? Now we're full-fledged in it. We, yeah, we're in the thick of it. Yeah. That's yeah. for sure. Well, today we have an interview with a lady named Sandy Morris. And Mel, it was really cool how we got connected to Sandy. How'd you get connected uh, to her? She wrote in and um, told us her story and asked a question. And the question she asked, it honestly, it kind of miffed me. It was like, wait a minute. Um, and normally, I'm, I've, I feel like normally when people ask a question, I can usually give an answer. I, mean, I feel like that's very true of you. Yeah. I can attest to that. Well, we've done so much work in all of this stuff. We've helped a lot of people. We've seen just about every... Uh, the, the whole gamut, I feel like, of circumstances that people are walking through and doing a lot of digging in and researching. I'm at least able to go, hey, let me point you to this. Let me point you to that. If I don't have the answer, here's some resources that, that may be able to help you. And this one just, it stumped me. And it was because she, the way she asked the question, she said, what if your season of suffering is a, a long suffering where there is no mm. end in sight? Oh, wow. It, what, if, what, what do you do if it's like, this is the rest of my life. I know that this is going to be the case and it's actually going to get progressively worse. And I know that. And I, and I, Davey, what'd you say to her? Well, I, I didn't at first. I was like, I, and I, I wrote back to her. I said, Sandy, I want to take some time to consider this a little bit because um, you are in a space that there are, there are other folks that are in this space as well. I mean, um, chronic disease, um, you know, cancer, you know, all of those kinds of different spaces. But, but sometimes, you know, depending on how long you battle with these things, there, there, there's a, and I hate to say there's an end in sight because it's, you know, it's a very difficult end and that it leads to death. But in Christ, you know, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. But in this situation, um, this was going to be something that was going to be for a while for her. And mm. it's because her husband um, has early onset Alzheimer's. Oh man. Which is very rare. It doesn't happen often that this early you would experience this. Um, but the road that she was looking down was going to be a very, very long road. Okay. And so I just, I told her, Hey, I want to take some time and consider this. And I went and just started researching everything about what the Bible says about particularly this idea of long suffering, which scripture mentions a lot. Yeah. Um, doesn't just mention suffering, but mentions long suffering. And, um, and so I just, well, yeah. I feel like it's, I, can I say this? I love that you waited to respond. Cause I think so many times when people approach us and, um, and there's, uh, the gravity of the question, we just want to answer right away. And, right. Give, and I love that you just were able to sit in it and mm. pray and ask for grace and, and search the word of God. And I'm actually really excited to hear, please share with us, what'd you learn about long suffering? Well, here's what I ended up doing. Cause it's, it's, I kind of turned the table on her. So after a while of researching it, I felt like I filled up this entire Evernote. I use this tool called Evernote where I just start collecting different things and it helps me to write messages or write content and stuff. Okay. So I fill up an entire page on Evernote with everything I could find on long suffering. And then for some reason, I don't know if it was through Instagram or something, it's like the Holy Spirit brought her back to uh, right in front of my eyes. I think it was just like I saw something through Facebook or Instagram and I was like, wait a minute this is this gal. And I kind of looked into her story and her Instagram and I go, man, she, this is like her family. She and her family are like, they're heroes mm. in the way they're walking through this. And so I actually reached out, I asked her to come on the podcast and I said, Hey, you probably have more answers to this than I do. Oh, wow. Cause you're walking it. And I could tell they were walking it in, in a way that was honoring to the Lord okay. and that she was, I mean, I'm sure God was teaching her a lot more than what I could just go and dig into, um, you know, because my, you know, my, my story was a lot more of a sudden story that then had a long season of grief. 
but there was at least like this, this element at which that I was working out of it, moving out of that grief. Right. Whereas it, it felt like to me, it, the kind of the graph was going the other way for her in the sense that she was, the, the further time goes along, the worse the situation gets. Yep. And I wanted to know how does that, how does that work? How is the Lord showing up in that? So I asked her to mm-hmm. come on. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to answer your question. We're going to have a conversation about this. And we're going to see if we can uncover the answers to this as we have a conversation about this. So it's a very unique conversation, a very unique interview, um, unique to many of the other interviews that we do. Yeah, it's such a good interview. I I think the whole idea of long-suffering, when I think of um, somebody that I know that's dear to me is my mother who mm. has had a chronic disease for the last, I think it's been about 26 years. And wow. um, yeah, and my parents actually just celebrated their 35th wedding anniversary oh. yesterday. <laughs> and um, I think I love my mom so much because I have seen resilience and I've seen trust mm. and um, I've seen her fight for joy in the yep. Lord. Um, but you know, something that's equally as encouraging is seeing my dad love her well mm-hmm. and um, stick by her side. And I remember something early on, like my mom told me like a lot of women that have chronic fatigue, like their par- their husbands would leave them. They can't handle it or they don't want to, or it's too hard. And um, I've always really respected my dad for sticking it out with my mom. And it was a joy to be able to tell them that yesterday. Yeah. You guys, it's been 35 years. This is awesome. And um, to even add a layer to this, this um, episode really kind of makes me tear up, but my grandmother has um, Alzheimer's and mm. she is, uh, we are just really, really close. And um, I think this episode really touched me because when you see somebody that you love and you, they, you have so many sweet memories with them right. and they right. begin to change and they're not the person that you once knew, um, right. that is so hard. Um, but to love them faithfully, like Sandy has, I mean, it's hmm. just such an encouragement. It's what, what a picture of Jesus right there. Yeah, you know, to mm-hmm. to sacrificially step into those spaces. There are so many things that she, Sandy, had to kind of give up or put on hold or put to the side just because she was being a caretaker to her husband, um, and yet she demonstrates so much the sacrificial nature and love, um, unconditional love of Jesus right here. Yeah, what it's a so beautiful, powerful to see. picture. You know, what's really interesting. Um, one of the things I found in Scripture on long suffering is Romans five three through four. It's a Mm. fantastic verse. Uh, If you're walking through something hard, you should just frame this verse, put it up because this is kind of the entirety of, I mean, this is like why we do what we do because we believe that God doesn't always intervene in our situations to prevent things from happening to us, but he always intervenes in our situations to produce something out of our situations. And what's what's powerful about, about this verse is the end product in this verse is hope. Now, I would think that you have to start with hope in your situation to be able to walk through that situation well, but you actually, according to this verse, you start with long-suffering. This is Mm -hmm. what the verse says. We rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering, and in fact, that right there is long-suffering, is what the actual translation means in that. Long-suffering produces endurance. The only Mm -hmm. way that you can you have endurance inside of you is by putting yourself through or uh, being willing to step into long suffering and endurance produces character and character produces hope. Hmm. So the byproduct of long suffering, if we invite Jesus into that is hope. And what you see, what you're seeing with your mom and your dad, what, what we see with Sandy is that the longer they're in this, the more hope is produced out of them. And again, that's totally backwards than what I would infer that it would be. You know, I would think it'd be like, okay, you got to go into this with hope. You got to go into this with optimism. And then maybe you're going to like just kind of grit it out and grind it out. Yeah. And in fact, it's quite the opposite. Hope becomes the byproduct. 
It's funny. Don't you feel like that's what Jesus does? He does. He takes everything that seems like <laughs> natural and and just and just flips it upside down. And it's like actually, it's really this way. Yeah, he's like, well, this is how you guys operate here on earth. The kingdom of God. This is how it operates. So counterintuitive. What's up is down. What's down is up. If you want to be first, you got to be last. If you want to be last, you got to be first. It's crazy. You and this hope, is one of those situations. Suffering. If you want hope, suffer well in long suffering, mm-hmm. man. Is, and I can't, so I can't wait for you guys to listen to this. Before we jump into it, though, I want to I want to ask you to rate and review this podcast. This really helps us. Go to iTunes. Um, it helps to get this podcast more exposure, to climb up in the charts. More people can hear about this. They can see it. They can be affected by uh, the great interviews that we have on this. So if this has ministered to you, do us a favor. Please go rate and review this. Share it with other people. Um, and while you're at it. Tag nothing is wasted ministries on Instagram, um, and go and go and follow us on Instagram because we're going to give you some some great behind the scenes stuff as we keep moving along in this journey. Yep, please do that, and um, yeah, we're so excited for you to hear this interview with Sandy. So listen in. Sandy, great to have you on the podcast. Thanks for joining me. I'm excited. This is great. Well, this is a unique um, interview because uh, oftentimes we we take somebody who is kind of on the other side of their journey, so to speak, and uh, get to talk to them about the journey looking back in retrospect and and all the things that God was doing in their heart. And but um, I asked you to come on this podcast because I I just through some providential encounters um, and some interaction that a little bit of interaction that you and I have had, I've gotten a window into your journey. Um, it's a unique journey and you're in the middle of it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think it provides a unique perspective because there's so many people who are in the middle of it. But what I can tell from the outside looking in into your life is that you're walking through your, um, your trial right now with a lot of faith, a lot of, um, a lot of, a lot of trust and perseverance. And uh, man, so I just wanted to have you on and talk about that a little bit. The the good, the bad, the ugly, the ups and the downs, all of it. So I, We got it all right here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I imagine. Yeah. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about you and your family and then, and then dive into a little bit of the trial that you guys are experiencing. Sure. It's been a long trial. Um, so actually, let me just start. We have, I have two kids, but they're not kids anymore. They're adults. <laughs> um, my daughter's 21. She's a senior in college, and my son um, graduated from Liberty University in Virginia, and he's a youth pastor. He's 24. Wow. So, yeah, and I'm a special ed teacher at our local high school, wow. real active in our local community. I live in a cool community, Davey. Where do I mean, you live? So, Lidditz, Pennsylvania. Google okay. it. <laughs> we were voted coolest small town in America years really? ago. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really awesome town. And I tell you, as I share a little bit of, even about our journey, our community, God has used this community to really, you know, bless our family in a lot of cool ways too. Yeah. So that's wow. all part of the story too. That's awesome. So you yeah. said it's, it's Livitz, Pennsylvania? Livitz. L-I-T-I-T-Z. L-I-T-I-T. Livitz. Wow. Yeah. Unique. Where, where in like relation to the bigger cities in Pennsylvania is that? Yeah. So I'm kind of between Harrisburg and Philadelphia. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. So you guys are living in the coolest small town ever. Yeah. And Boom, your that. kids are grown <laughs> and gone. And um, and yet you've got quite a handful right now of this this journey that you're wa- you're walking through. Yeah. I think we're at a different place now. But what happened, I kind of can give you a little insight. You know, we yeah. started, the journey started back in 2010. Okay. Um, my husband and I were both 46, kind of at that crazy busy stage of life. We taught at the same high school in our cool town. Um, so we were both at the same school. Our kids at the time, they were 13 and 15. Yeah. And they attended our high school. So it was just, you know, we were real active in the community. The kids were big on sports. So we were just at a fun but crazy stage of life. Yeah. Active in our church. Um, Kurt played drums. So he was a good, he was a heck of a drummer. <laughs> so, you know, it was just a fun time of life. Yeah. But it was, I think it was January of that year, and I still remember, um, where I started noticing some crazy symptoms going on with Kurt. Mm. Um, one of the, I remember him calling me one night on the phone, 
and he's like saying, honey, how do you turn the high beams of the, of the um, headlights off? Hmm. I'm like thinking, what? Yeah, I'm sure I gave him some nice wifely attitude, but yeah. I was like, what do you mean? How do you, we've had this car forever. What do you mean you don't know how to turn off the high beams? And he's like, I can't figure out how to do this. And he was getting really frustrated and I couldn't even talk him through how to turn off the headlights. Wow. So it was just some that and some other bizarre symptoms that I kind of started to notice in 2010. Um, his walk changed, his gait. He was walking mm. really slow. We were, we're like a fast-paced moving family and, you know, <laughs> we're, and we're all like, come on, Kurt, hurry up, come on. And his gait changed, his handwriting changed. Mm. Um, that was weird. He was, you know, it was hard to read what he was writing. There's something called executive functioning, meaning your organizational yeah. skills. Um, and he was really having trouble with that. As a teacher, he was losing homework from students. You know, he couldn't keep track of first period, second period, that kind of thing. Wow. So it was just some odd symptoms that kept happening. He had trouble parking a car, like spatially. I mean, it was yeah. the same car we'd had for years, and he couldn't park it in a parking space anymore. Hmm. So there was a lot of odd symptoms that weren't really adding up. And that summer of 2010, um, we had traveled to Omaha, Nebraska as a family. My son wanted to play college baseball. I was going to say the College World Series. Yeah, okay. that's what we were there Sandy, for. We saw I it. already love your family then. Come yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, that was a cool, and that was a really cool trip. I know you were a baseball guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've always wanted to be at the, the College World Series. In fact, I just barely missed it. I played for a travel team in high school where their trip after I like graduated that team and was no longer young enough to play on the team, their trip was to a tournament to Omaha where they played in a tournament and attended the college world series. Yeah. And I'm that's like, what Tyler got to do. Oh, yeah. He played in a man. tournament. Yeah. It was a really, and it was such a cool experience. I mean, it really uh, was, wow. you know, when you want to play college baseball, it was really neat. Yeah. Wow. wow. But it was on that trip when Kurt was out of his comfortable element that I really noticed things got weird. Mm. Um, it started when we went through security. We hadn't flown for a long time. And, you know, I was kind of being the mama and taking care of the kids, you know, like, okay, yeah. guys, you know, getting through security. And I turn back and I hear the metal detector going off. And there's Kurt walking through, holding one shoe, one shoe on his foot, his wow. keys in his pocket, his belt half undone. And he just couldn't, there was too much happening going through huh. security and he could not process it. And it was kind of at that moment, and we held up security that day. Yeah. And it was on that trip when I really became aware, hey, you know, something's wrong here. Mm. And um, when we got back, he had his annual physical scheduled before school started. And I had emailed his doctor ahead of the physical and just told him, you know, different things I'd been seeing. Yeah. So long story short, lots of um, tests and whatnot, and we find out. At age 46, with no family history, my husband was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. Wow. Yeah. So it was a, you know, a crazy shocker kind of situation in the prime, it was in the prime of our life. Yeah. Man. Um, so what, in what, what year was this then? Two, yeah. 2010. 2010. Um, yeah. And wow. about a month later, he decided, you know, we had prayed after we found out that diagnosis. Yeah. And like, what do you do? I mean, I was really good at freaking out. Mm. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yep. you know, I knew what kind of lied ahead for me as the wife, the mom, you know, I worked. Yeah. Um, I've always said if I do anything really well, it's worry. So mm. I thought, so, but as we did pray, I remember Kurt saying, Davey said, you know, and his words have stuck with me for a long time on this journey. You know, it's going to be really hard for a while for mm. you, but it ends well for those of us who know Christ. Wow. And he always said, it's going to end well for me. Wow. You know, and as we continue on this journey, I think about his words a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, he was so founded in his faith after that diagnosis. So, and then shortly after that is when, um, this was a crazy day when he had to tell his students that he wasn't coming back to teaching. Wow. 
and he was taking a medical leave. Um, I'll never forget that because I got to stand with him that morning mm. when he told the kids. And that was a crazy morning because, you know, he started in homeroom to say, after Thanksgiving break, I won't be coming back. I'm taking a medical leave. He told him what was going on. And, you know, the tears started flowing in homeroom that morning. And I'll never forget, Davy, this one sweet, brave girl, student, she stands up and she says, um, you know, Mr. Morris, I know you're my teacher and all, but for today, would it be okay if I gave you a hug? Wow. You know, and that was just the impact he had on students. And yeah. it was a long day of hugs and tears. And I kind of see that day as the start of our crazy journey. Wow. You know, when he stopped teaching. Yeah. And stop the career that he loved. He loved being a teacher. Mm. Kids loved him. And that's kind of the start of a long, it's been nine years. Man. Yeah. Man. And we're still walking it. <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. What a, um, what a cool and uh, heart wrenching moment though, to um, for him to have the peace mm -hmm to be able to look your family in the face and say, this is going to be a hard road, but it's going to end well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, cause obviously, you know, there's no cure for Alzheimer's. So he, as soon as the diagnosis happens, there's not even this, it's not like, right. it's not like a cancer diagnosis where it's like, okay, well let's try to beat this, you know? Yeah. There's some treatments. I mean, there yeah. is no treatment plans right now for right. Alzheimer's. So, right. You, you basically you know. can manage certain things, but that's about it. Correct. Correct. And, um, but for him to go, okay, well, um, this mm -hmm. is what we're going to face. And, uh, to, you know, it's like a, it, it almost sounds like to me, the Holy Spirit in that moment just kind of spoke through him to you guys mm -hmm. to bring some peace and some comfort. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's the kind of words that have stuck with me, you know, yeah. the long journey too. It, yeah. it, it ends well. Wow. Well, you know, those words are, um, those words are great in that moment. And, uh, all of us who walk through trial and tragedy, we have some of those moments where it feels like heaven kind of opens up and God just meets you right where you're at. But, mm -hmm. uh, the, the story for much of the journey though, is, is not necessarily like that. You're not feeling that same kind of peace through a lot of the journey. Yeah, it's, no. been, <laughs> it's been nine years for us. Can you give us just a little bit of, um, or maybe a lot, however you, however much you want to, of insight into this nine-year journey. Uh, what does this look like for you guys? Yeah, so in the beginning, it was just a lot of chaos. Mm -hmm. I was just trying to survive every day. You know, for a good two and a half, three years, um, it wasn't even, and this is so hard to understand unless you really walk through a crazy time, but you were just on autopilot Hmm. surviving the day, not really thriving in the day, yeah. you know, not really knowing what to do. I was getting by, by God's people hmm. kind of supporting and picking me up. Cause I had nothing, you know, people bring us meals, reaching out to us because I just needed all the help I could yeah, get at right. that point. So then things began to settle a little when we finally realized Kurt needed to be placed somewhere and needed hmm. help that I could not continue to care for him at home. Yeah. So for the first, how long were you guys caring for him at home? Like, what, how long was that? So great question. Um, for the first four years. Okay. Yeah. All right. for, for, so for the first four years, you guys are trying to manage this thing, you know, there at the house. Um, you know, when he, you, you talked about him stepping away from teaching uh, and what did that look like for you as far as, you know, were you teaching as well or were you like full-time at home or how, what kind of like su support, how did you make that happen? How do you manage that? Um, so that's the correct, the chaos. Cause I continued to teach, you know, and I had to keep teaching. Um, there was that piece that, you know, insurance and practicality income. Right. Um, so I knew that I had to continue my job. So that was right. crazy too, to show up. I mean, I used to think, hey, I just showed up. This is half the battle. I'm here yeah. today. <laughs> well, and that's, that's true. That's, I mean, yeah. honestly, I think that's a, people need to chalk that up as a victory sometimes. Yes. When you're in those moments. You got to have that perspective. You that, have to go, we showed up. Yeah. And my clothes, you know, might not always match real yep. well or, but I'm here and yep. I'm going to do my job today. And yep. 
Well, I think when you show up, you you position yourself for the Lord to show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you because know? I got nothing. And so, God, I have nothing. You know, I need you for strength, for wisdom, yeah. for guidance, because I can't do yeah. this. Wow. So you, he's at, you know, you're, you're, you're managing all of these things at this, at the time, your kids are how old, how old were they at this, like at the first four so, years, that stage? Yeah. So that was crazy too, because, you know, they're sophomores, juniors, seniors in high school okay. and they were both sports kids. They were recruited for sports in college. So, you know, wow. that means lots of baseball traveling, lacrosse traveling. You know, we were and not just traveling in Pennsylvania, you know, we were all over the all over. Yeah. I'm bringing Kurt along and hauling this guy, hauling him wow. along. And he's, he's made the best of it. And we all made the best of it too, but it was a real busy time. Mm. And he struggled early on in the disease with um, getting dressed, feeding mm. himself. A lot of those things he struggled with earlier than most people do. Mm. So he needed a lot of help early on which was really, um, his symptoms and looked really different than a lot of other people. And I'm guessing just because he was so young. Mm. I don't how, know. How so? Talk, talk to me, educate me a little bit on Alzheimer's and, you know, when it's like not early onset, but when it's, you know, someone who is older, what Alzheimer's looks like versus what it was looking like um, with your husband. Yeah, good question. Um, so when people are older, it's going to look like um, some anger sometimes that comes out. Now, Kurt mm. did have that piece, um, but it's more of just general forgetfulness. You're, you're finding your keys in the refrigerator. Um, mm. You know, when you're I old, do that sometimes. <laughs> when you're yeah. <laughs> That's busy brain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So, you know, how they're going to process this, the keys in the fridge, um, locking themselves out of the house. Yeah. Where's my phone? What do I even do with this thing? What is this phone even called? Um, what is a refrigerator called? You know, name recollection is a big one too. Mm. But for Kurt, it was a lot more physical. Okay. Um, yeah. And he, and spatial. Um, so that's where he struggled and that's where he needed care early on in the process. Yeah. Um, So that made it a little bit more unique. And then we eventually had care come into our house um, while I was at work during the day because he couldn't stay home by himself. Mm. So when you say it was physical, his body, it just began deteriorating. He was losing motor function or what what did that that look like? So um, it looked like I couldn't sit down in a chair right. Like I'd go to find the chair and I'd miss it. Oh, wow. Because I couldn't align my body spatially yeah. on how how I fit in a chair. I'd pick up he'd pick up a remote and he'd try to turn on his favorite ESPN and he'd have the remote backwards because gotcha. spatially he couldn't see that. Um he was he couldn't do the simple tasks of even putting a shirt on because he couldn't mm. figure out where his arms went into which holes to you know, in the armholes. Yeah. So those type, he would get in the bed wrong at night, you know, to go to bed. You know, you'd find him sleeping at the bottom of the bed. No concept that you put your head up where the pillow is. Type yeah. Thing. Um, wow. So it was a spatial thing, along with, you know, a lot of the memory issues, too. I mean, he forgot how to use his phone. Mm. Um, he had trouble using it. He couldn't use the computer anymore. Mm. He couldn't, you know, he got to the point where he couldn't um, cook anything in the kitchen, um, make anything for himself you know, those types of things. Yeah. And what really got to me when I realized he needed care was, um, he had a minor incident at home when he fell, nothing major, but he wanted to call a friend to come over to help him to get up. And he didn't know how to use his phone. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So that's when I realized, you know, we need help at home. Yep. And eventually it got to the point where the help was saying, Hey, this, he's more than we can manage also now. And, um, you know, we have to start looking at placing him in a skilled nursing or a personal care facility. Mm. So, and I was up at night with him. You know, yeah. that was another thing. A girl can only do that for so long when you got to get up at five thirty. And Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, we, and I have prayed long and hard, like, you know, when do I place him? God just help us to know when the right time is. Mm-hmm. And when we did place him, it really was, you know, I really felt mm. like this was the right time to do this. Yeah. 
How how um, long into the journey was it before you guys placed him into a little bit more intensive type care? So four years after four years, you know, with the home care, mm-hmm. um, we placed him in what they call personal care. Okay. So that's not quite as intense. He was there for two years. Okay. Um, care is outrageously expensive. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, so there was that whole piece to manage also. Um, our community did some amazing fundraisers for mm. our family, you know, to raise money for him. Yeah. Um, to provide for his care. I, I would say, Davey, this is another way God just blessed us on the journey. Mm. I mean, the community on a ton of, and former students probably raised close to $80,000 Wow! to help pay for care for wow. him that I couldn't have, I, I, we could not have afforded his yeah, care absolutely. and I didn't know what to do. And, you know, it was just amazing to see in the midst of such difficulties, how God blessed us, mm. you know, by providing that. Yep. Yep. Yeah, we say often that sometimes God shows up like personally through his word or through the Holy Spirit, yeah. but oftentimes he shows up through other people. Yeah. Who are coming like around I, you. Like when I said earlier, when things were so chaotic, God used the other people. God used providing for us in different situations to encourage and kind of bless me on that journey. Yeah. Because, you know, to be honest, when you're in the middle of chaos, you don't really sit down and have a long, quiet time or spend time in God's yeah. word. You know, wow. it is it is what it is. And I had to stop feeling guilty over mm. that and see God providing and see God's hand in a different way. Wow. That's so you know, good. And, yeah. Wow. Expound on that just a little bit. You were about to say something and I cut you off, but go ahead and keep keep talking about that. Because this is, this is really, really good because I think t- sometimes you can get... Um, you can feel guilty if you're in the middle of this chaos, you can feel guilty. It's like, Oh no, you know, like I'm not as close to God because I'm not spending as much time in in the word or prayer or, you know, and you're just trying to survive this thing, but God's showing up and showing you that he's with you through these other mediums. Yeah. Expound on that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, living in that chaos, um, you're also grieving, yeah. You know, I'm grieving the loss of my husband, Dave, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so you're kind of trying to walk through grief also in the middle yep. of the chaos and to process, oh, what is happening here is grief. Mm. And, you know, lots of times when you're processing grief, um, like I, I was reading that Lisa Turkhurst book, mm-hmm. it's not supposed to yep. be this way. Yeah. <laughs> and in that book, which is a great book, shout yeah. out to her for that. Right. Um, but in that book, she writes about, um, you know, going to God's word and using that as fighting words in your grief, in your pain, and in your difficulties. And, mm. you know, she lists a ton of great verses. And that is great advice. Mm. But it didn't work for me. Wow. I could not do that. I couldn't. My brain was so off, you know, and yeah. I was so scatterbrained with so much going on to focus on God's word. Mm. It didn't. So I, I think it's important to realize and not feel guilty in those moments that, okay, maybe this isn't working for me, but what will work? Mm. And so how can I see God in all of this? What is going to work for me? Yeah. You know, and for me, I would I set it up for some caregivers and even different people to be at our house an extra 10, 15 minutes. And I'd go walk and listen to worship music and pray. Mm. But I would listen and I would like literally yell out loud. And one day I remember I'm looking over and there's a bunch of cows staring at me because <laughs> that's just how that was. But I'm yelling at God and just expressing those frustrations. Yeah. Um, but I always felt that I was still communicating with God. Mm. And God heard those prayers. I didn't always feel that they were answered right away in the way I wanted them answered. Mm. God heard those prayers, and I continued that valuable piece of communicating with Him. Yeah. And for a while, that's what worked and kind of got me through. It was that worship music, walking, and just continually pouring my heart out to the Lord. Mm. And I think, you know, you have to find 
what works. Yeah. Because it's going to look different for everybody. But just realize that, okay, maybe God's word or maybe this little devotion book or like that Jesus calling book. It's a great book. Right. I know a lot of people, I had, I've had that book sent to me so many times. <laughs> I've it's got a great several book. copies. This bookshelf you see behind me, there's several copies of it. <laughs> yeah. It's a great book. Yeah. Love it. But some days I couldn't focus. You know, yeah. and some days I'd glean a lot from that. And you have to just, I always just keep on keeping on yeah. and finding what works to seek after God's peace and wisdom and strength in yeah. that storm. That's so good. Hey friends, I'm going to jump into this conversation for a moment because I want to tell you about our Pain to Purpose video series that we just released on July 14th. We've been talking about this for the past few weeks, but if you haven't already heard, it is a video course that you can purchase to help you as you navigate through a trial, tragedy, transition in your life. In the videos, I discuss practical ways to work through your pain to find meaning and purpose. We recently had some of our coaching clients go through these videos. So I want to read to you what one of them said about this video series. She said, when we started our coaching group, each one of us shared, Davey, we feel so stuck. At the end of our 12 weeks together, our outlook had completely changed. We no longer felt like victims in our circumstances. We repeatedly used the words equipped and prepared. Now we feel confident in whatever we might face next. We believe this video series can have this kind of impact on you or a loved one in your life that needs it. So if you're interested in learning more or purchasing today, head to mypaintopurposeplan.com now. That's mypaintopurposeplan.com. Now back to our conversation. I imagine that in this this whole journey, but especially at the beginning, you you're just kind of figuring out how to take it a day at a time, right? Yeah, yeah. Sure. Talk to me about that. I mean, you're every day having to make this decision. All right, today. I like I just need the strength for today, Lord. You know? Oh yeah. You start to change your focus on what really matters. Mm. You know? And I think that was a God thing too. I mean, I you make a decision early on, I had to. Am I going to be a bitter person or am I going to be better? Yeah. You know, in all of this. And if I'm going to be better in the midst of such grief what does this look like and how do I do this? Wow. And that was that learning to see God in the process. Wow. You know, I felt like, and this is weird to say sometimes that we were given a gift, Yeah. a gift that nobody wants. Yeah. A gift I tried to give back lots of times. Yeah. But a gift to see God working firsthand. Mm-hmm. in amazing ways. And we got to see and still continue to see the amazing way God shows up, God provides, mm-hmm. God gives wisdom, God gives strength from the days I didn't even feel like getting out of bed. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I would stop and reflect on that, it's a really amazing thing to mm-hmm. see the gift we were given in mm-hmm. such tragedy. Man, I know that sounds weird to say. It does. Like, I know it does. it does because I've said it too. And I'm like, yeah. wait, this sounds like I'm going to be totally misunderstood here. But you. Well, let me put that in perspective though, because I get that. Because you're right. People, yeah. I w- I've thought that so many times. People are like, going to be like, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> A gift. Like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Early on, and I could not have said that early on in the journey. Yeah. You know, like I remember. Um, that James verse, that James verse, James one, you know, consider it all joy when you face trials of all kinds. Mm. I had such an attitude towards that verse. And I thought, consider it all joy. Like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Like, there's just no way. And I I just remember thinking, I think that verse doesn't belong in the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) And that the other thing I struggled with too, is that casting crown song, praise you Mm. in the storm. Yeah. 
And yeah. I thought, there's no way. Nobody can praise God in their storm of life. Yeah. There is no way. But, <laughs> but as the journey went on and I continued to seek him and see how God provided, I actually got to the point where I thought I could say, I could praise God in the storm. Wow. And I can consider it all joy. Now, it wasn't in the beginning. Like, I made right. it real clear. <laughs> right. But as you continue to see God, I was like, yeah, consider it all joy. Yeah. Because I've seen something amazing, how God has worked. Mm. And that is a blessing, how God has provided. Mm-hmm. You know, so, but it's a process. Yeah. And I know you have talked about that so many times. Yeah. I think we live in a, I say this a lot too, we live in like an Instagram, Instapot, Instafit <laughs> society that we want Instagod. <laughs> yep, yep. Well, we just and, bought an Instapot. I just bought one for Christy for Christmas. Yeah. And you even realize with the Instapot, it's not really instant. <laughs> they need to give you a, a warning. Because so the first couple times, yeah, the first couple times that we made something with the Instant Pot, yeah, sure, it like pressure cooks it for 10 minutes, but all the prep time... To get to right. that pressure cook time right. is is significant. And so I, after the first meal, I looked at Christy. I'm like, hey, can we like make sure that these recipes say something about the prep time? Because that was a lot. We spent two hours preparing it. Right. And, I wonder, and you wanted Instapot. That's you right. wanted Instafood. Exactly. I wonder if there's some, some insight spiritually into that, though, that there's a lot of prep time. And then you see yeah. God rush in, you know, yeah. in that pressure cooker. But the process is that prep time. It's not instant. Um, it yeah. takes some time, but uh, wow, we're going deep with Instapot ooh, and theology. Here. I hadn't even thought about that until just now. Thanks, that's a new illustration, Sandy. This is great. But it is so true, you yeah. know. In this in the society we live in, we want that quick God fix. Yeah, an Insta God, and yep. to realize you have to walk through that process. Yeah, and that the pain is bad and as hard as it is. Hmm. Is ultimately good. And like I said, I could not have said that to anyone five years ago, but that's part of the process. Yeah. Can you recognize any time in this process that that started to turn? I mean, it, it probably wasn't just like a flip overnight, but you know, you just said, (laughs) I know that would have been nice, right? It's like this road to Damascus experience where, Oh, okay. Yeah. I totally have a new perspective now. But yeah. talk to me a little bit about that turn of perspective for you. You know, five years ago, you would have never said that. Now you're saying that. How did, how did that change over for you? What was that journey yeah. like? So, and it's hard to know because it has been one of those things I've looked back in hindsight. And I'd start to see little things along the way of how God provided for us. I remember mm. one time, um, you know, rookie mistake. I had to, we have a big woods behind my house and you have to mow it, I don't know, five, six times a year. So I had to mow this lawn, you know, it became my job now. And I never put oil in the lawnmower. (laughs) Rookie mistake, no oil. (laughs) I didn't know. Okay. So now I'm a journey lawn person and I get this, but I didn't put any oil in it. So, and I didn't tell a soul. I was so mad. I blew up the lawnmower basically. (laughs) And a week later, and I hadn't like literally, I didn't even tell my kids what I did because I was so mad at myself. A man shows up at my door, a friend of a friend that I hardly know. And he says, hey, are you Sandy? And I'm like, yeah, hey, who are you? And <laughs> he tells me who he is. He said, well, God told me to bring you a lawnmower. Wow. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> but it was things like that, Davey, hmm. that happened in God's perfect timing. Hmm. And people would send me a song, a verse. They'd bring a meal. They would do things. And I started to see that on this crazy journey, Mm. there's some amazing things happening. I have to be intentional to see them, intentional to appreciate them. But there's some cool things happening that God is doing. And it slowly started to change my attitude. Wow. If that makes sense? Yep. That makes perfect sense. And there was a lot of those. And I had to look at that and say, God is with me on the journey. Yeah. You know, I just wanted that 
insta instapot moment yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know or um the quick fix the easy button i just yeah. wanted an easy button <laughs> so bad <laughs> so to see that process mm. so to you know to change but it's it's the process yeah that's it and yeah and well, to see god's hand in the process yeah I think what's so beautiful even about this conversation is that um, at some point, and I don't know how long ago it was now, you reached out to me and asked me a question on Instagram or something about what do you do if, if your trial is, is, is long? Yeah. You know, um, which that's a very good question because um, in our lifespan, we're going to go through cycles of trials. It's not, we're not just going to go through one trial. You know, I just told some of the folks that were coaching that we're not just trying to help them heal, but we're trying to yeah. help them build a foundation for the next trial that they're going to go through. And they all kind of good stuff. They, yep, they all kind of look to me like, well, wait a minute. What? Oh, like this wide eye, like, wait, I'm going to go through another one. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I, you know, when Amanda passed away, I was 30 years old, 33. Now I know that there's going to be more trials ahead. As long sure. as I live, there's going to be, and maybe even some as crazy as it is to say, maybe some more difficult ones. I hope not, but maybe some, and so, um, you know, so we're going to have trials that are cyclical and then some are going to walk through some really, really long roads, long journeys. I mean, you're on this nine year journey and you asked me that question and I, I started like writing notes down. I literally like started researching and thinking about the word long suffering. Right. Sure. And, and, and looking at every reference in scripture there was, and I was, I was really digging in trying to research this for you, Sandy, because I'm like, I really want to bring some kind of perspective because, because my trial is different. Mine was, I was sucked into it instantaneously, just like you were, right. but I, 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 it was, um, it, the, my healing process has been, uh, it's been a, just a different journey for me because my healing process has been long, but, but the actual tragedy was very, very instantaneous, very right. short. I don't know what it's like to walk every day in watching your spouse die in front of you. I don't right. know what that's like. Right. And so in my effort to try to, you know, find some kind of answer for you, I'm doing all this research and I'm, I'm like, man, I'm falling up short. I don't know how to like help her in this. But what I'm hearing you say is that you recognize the value of um, and the principle of the process. Right. And that all along the way, God would show up to you in these moments that you needed him the most. And sometimes the moments that you thought that you were kind of on your last leg or your last straw. Yep. You're completely up to here, fed up with it. And he shows up at just the right moment to give you just enough for the next day. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. And I guess if you, you know, scale that out day after day after day after day, year after year after year, then you can maybe see how someone like, we just interviewed Johnny Erickson Tata, which she, mm -hmm. you know. Yes, great, right. 53 years of being yeah. in a wheelchair, you know, yeah. and dealing with this chronic pain. And, and it's like, that's long suffering. How in the, and the key is day after day after day after day. And um, what I love about this conversation is that I'm hearing yeah. you answer your question, <laughs> you know, and you're the yeah. only one that, I mean, I can't answer that question for you. You're like, you're like, Hey, this is what I'm learning in this. I'm learning it's day well, after day. And that's the key though, is you're still, you're learning and the, yeah. you know, you're learning, you're figuring things out. And because you want to get angry, you want to get self pity, you want to, mm. you know, focus inward, but to realize I'm on a journey of learning a job of seeking first that kingdom of God and, yeah. and also trusting God in the journey. You know, that's a hard yeah. one too. Yeah. To be, you know, to understand that I'm going to trust him even if I don't like it, mm. even if it's not according to my plans. I've always said, you know, I'm a, I'm a high school teacher. I've been a teacher forever. I make lesson plans, you know, <laughs> my I've lesson planned my whole life. <laughs> and to think, yeah, I just do that so well. And to think, Oh, I can't lesson plan this. Yeah. That God is going to do, you know, God is faithful and we can trust him in the process. Yeah. And we might not always like this, 
but there's a purpose in it all. And I'm yeah. going to trust that. Yeah. But that's part of that process of figuring all that out. Mm. What's tough is when you find yourself on the other side of a lesson plan. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. and this is, this is what yeah. I, I find this so comforting to be honest with you though, from, from the Lord. Some people don't find it comforting, but God uses our pain um, as a classroom. Yeah. He teaches, he teaches us. He's got lesson plans and sil- syllabuses or syllabi, you yeah. know, in the whole process. In fact, Isaiah 30 says, he ca- calls him the teacher. Yeah. You know, it says that he'll give you the bread of affliction and the waters of adversity. And then the teacher will hide himself from you no more. So he'll show his face to you and he'll direct you as you're walking this journey and help you not to veer to the left or to the right. right. And that's a you know, slight, that's just my interpretation of the verse. It's not the verbatim, but um, it's, it's marvelous because you know this as a teacher. One of the principles we learn in communication and learn in preaching class or public speaking is that you can, um, you can tell somebody something and they'll hear it. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can illustrate something to somebody and they'll understand it. But the way that you get people to remember something and take hold of it is by showing them or walking them through a journey and almost helping them to discover it themselves. Yeah. Yeah, that's classic teacher stuff. I have a sign similar to that hanging in my classroom. And that is so true. And God yeah. is walking us through, through yeah. it. And you can learn so much in that. Mm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. But it's that walking through it. Man. So um, right now, what does the journey look like right now, nine years into this? So I'm at a much better place because I've walked through that journey. You know, like mm. I know even when I sent that text to you or Instagram direct message, um, I was kind of at a place like I'm stuck. I am mm. tired. I am weary of walking this journey. I don't know what to do. Um, you know, there's that verse in Chronicles um, twenty twelve. Yeah. You know that with Jehoshaphat. We don't know what we to don't do. know what to do. But our eyes are on you. But our eyes are on you. Yeah. And I have quoted that so many times to myself, like God or wow. to God, I don't know what to do. Wow. My eyes are on you. I am just tired. You know, people wow. would always say, How are you doing? I'm like, tired. I'm weary. Yeah. But through continually seeking them, and now I've gotten to a much better place where I can read the Bible again, you know, and I can mm. soak in God's word. And I can see so many examples in the Bible of, you know, that Old Testament is just filled with examples of mm. long time waiting. You know, wow. I, I mean, Abraham and Sarah, you know, 24 years after God makes a covenant that they're going to have a baby, it finally happens. 24 mm. years, 24 years. Jeez. You know, so, but there's so many examples of that. And then when I finally did really, my brain was able to focus a lot better and, you know, dig into God's word. Um, that really helped to speak to me too, again, wow. to bring some renewal, some refreshment. But I also had to, you know, walk on that journey and to get to a place, you know, I kind of seen so many steps in the journey. Mm. And as I processed in where I was, where I went, where I've been and where I am now, but to see God's hand in it all. Wow. Yeah. Um, by the way, yeah. Amazing that you mentioned that second Chronicles verse, um, because, uh, the message I preached to our church, uh, the Sunday before Amanda was killed was from second Chronicles 20. And the verse that I leaned in on was 2012. We don't know what wow. to do, but our eyes are on you. And it was this idea of, you know, worship is our best weapon against worry. Yeah. And when our circumstances are overwhelming us, that we put our eyes on our Savior and our circumstances shrink. And um, not knowing that we would need that verse in you know a matter of two days, um, I had a, a one of the one of our congregants come up to me in the hospital, and she quoted that back to me as we were sitting wow. in the hospital. She said, "You just preached this, and now we are living it." And uh, just keep, you know, we don't know what to do, but keep your, keep our eyes. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus. And um, that's, that's That's amazing. That's, that's like the, I mean, if there's like a key to walking these things out, it's keeping your eyes focused on Jesus. It sounds so simple, doesn't it? It does. But but it's not. No, 
it's and it's easy. so hard to do. Yeah, because you want it's so easy to focus on the horribleness of your situation. Yeah, it's so that's easier. Absolutely, <laughs> and your situation is horrible. It is. So it's it's so easy to do that. But see, that's to me, Davy, is a perfect example though of you preaching on that verse. Someone coming up and saying that to you, mm. and once again in that journey of horribleness, God is with you. God showing and, up. Yeah. And that, to me, has always been encouraging yeah. in the journey of just horribleness. Yep. You know, and that's a yep. good example of that, too. Yeah. Well, and that's, and that's the thing. I'm, I'm sure you could lay out for us example after example after example after example of God showing up and reminding you in the way that you need to hear it. You know? He, and sure. that's what's yeah. so personal yeah. about God. He does it exactly yeah. the way you need to hear it. You know, and it's different yeah. for you than for anybody else. And um, and I think that's a really fair point because I think people need to realize that their grief, their pain, though we it may look different to everybody because everybody has a different situation mm-hmm. and you can't compare them. But God's going to show up uniquely to your situation. Right. right. And to and look to be intentional to see that. Wow. Like we're all in the great, in the club of pain, Yep. but we're also, God's going to show up differently to each one of us in our little club. Mm. Yep. That's exactly right. And that's the, that's what I love about the personal nature of God. And you know, we talk about, this is a personal relationship with Jesus that we, that we experience the personal ministry of the Holy Spirit. And it's just these reminders of like, God, you are personal. You care about my pain. My pain matters to you. I think that's what a lot of people understand is that we almost like gloss over it and don't think that our pain matters to God because maybe it's a lesser form of pain of somebody else. God's got other things on his mind. He's got he's busier with other people or something. It's like no, right? Sure. No, 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 no. My pain matters to God. Yeah. And to to think otherwise or to dismiss it is is to um, to diminish your pain is not going to be beneficial to you at all, and it doesn't do God justice for who He is. Right, because it doesn't do God justice, and there's such an opportunity, and dare I even say this, uh, for growth. You know, yeah. that's such a cliche, but gosh darn, it happens. <laughs> <laughs> Whether you like it or not, right? Yeah. it. Uh, you know, and people used to say that, and I hear people say, oh, it's a neat opportunity. God will grow you. And I was like, I don't want God to grow me. I don't want to mm-hmm. be a prayer request. I just want to be Sandy, you know, wow. and not all these things. But being having walked through this for nine years, am I the same person I was nine years mm-hmm. ago? Oh my goodness, absolutely not. Has my faith grown? Has my sensitivity to others grown? Have I seen God in a, an amazing whole new way? Yeah. Wow. Have I grown as a as a, you know, Christian woman amazingly? Wow. Yes. And so yeah, it's a journey and Wow. Elizabeth Elliot said, um, what we gain in relation to the giver far outweighs the loss of the gift. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what yeah. we gain in relation to the giver far outweighs the loss of the gift. And um, and I think that, you know, to recognize, it was a hard thing for me to recognize that, every, that everything that I have in my hands, including my late wife, was right. a gift. Yeah. It was a gift given to me by a good and gracious giver. And, I, and the gift was lost. And um, it, it, it was not something that, you know, God was... He was brokenhearted when that gift was lost. He's brokenhearted over your husband battling with Alzheimer's. This right. is not the way he intended the world to be. This is a broken, fallen, fractured, sinful world. And so we are living out the ramifications of that. And because we're living in that, we're going to be, uh, our condition is such that we're, we're going to experience brokenness. And God's heart is broken over that. And, and when he gives us gifts, he loves seeing, you know, his children elated by the gift. Right. And the gift sometimes is, is lost, stolen, broken by the enemy. But out of that, what we gain in relation to the giver yep. actually ends up causing us to go, you know what, that somehow produced whatever that light and momentary affliction was of losing the gift. It produced something so much greater um, that, that overshadows that, that losing of the gift. Yeah. And we are both at a place now that we can say that we can say that, Yeah, you know, that what was given to us is such a gift at this, you know, phase of the journey. 
Yeah. And I just, and it also, the gift is to be able to share that with others and, you know, who are still walking that journey and to say, Hey, keep seeking (laughs) because, you know, I just know when you're in the midst of that, you you feel like this is never going to get better. Yeah. And you're just, and you don't want to get out of bed and to realize, Hey, that's okay right now. Just Mm. keep seeking Jesus. That's so good. Sandy, this has been a wonderful conversation. Before before we close down though, I just I just wonder if you could continue that thought and if you're talking to uh, yourself 9 years ago. Yeah. perhaps there's somebody who's listening and they they're finding themselves themselves in the place of those like first 4 years where it's just chaos. Um what yeah. what would you say? What would you say to yourself 9 years ago? Yeah, I first say hang in there. Mm. <laughs> hang in there. Hang in there. It will get better. God is at hand at this. God is working in it. You know, keep seeking after him and allow yourself those moments to be angry, to be bitter, but to be bitter, but to keep communicating that to God and with God. Because mm. that communication thing is just so, you know, just like in any relationship, communication is so important. And in a relationship, when you're hurting and you're struggling, Keep communicating with God, even the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. And it's okay. And wherever you are in that grief journey, gosh, I wish somebody had just told me to hang in there. Mm. To just, you know, God is working in this. And I know you're angry right now. And I know you're frustrated and sad. And people say these things like trust him in it. And you're just like, I can't. Mm. It's okay to feel that way, but just keep seeking God, you know, and to realize that this is a process. Yeah, that's so good. I had a mentor tell me just recently um, as we were walking through another trial, he said, Davey, you'll weather this storm. You'll you'll weather this storm as well. Yeah. You'll weather this storm as well. And just the thought of like, wait, Yeah. once you've kind of weathered some storms and you see how good God is, you're like, you know what? You're right. We can we can weather this this storm as well because God is good, and you know He's He's got our He's at the helm of our ship. He's He's asleep at the helm, right? He's He's not right. even worried yes. about it. He's right. He's like, uh, we got it's okay. Don't worry about it. We got this. And right, we'll and He's saying, yet. stop worrying, yeah. stop fretting. Yeah. You know, and I agree with that. That's so true because we I think our natural inclination and as women it's even more natural sometimes is that mm. worry and fret. Yeah. And, you know, you become obsessed, those emotions, you know, women are going to process pain so much differently than men, but that's yeah. a story for another day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that is very true. And to own that piece too, that, right. Hey, this might look different than how my husband is processing this or my boyfriend is, or, you know, my brother or anyone else in the fam- yeah. in the family. And that's okay. Cause we're all going to process this differently. Just, so you are, you don't know what to do, but your eyes are on Jesus type of thing. Back to that Chronicles verse. Yeah, that's so good. Sandy, thanks so much for taking the time today. Man, it's so encouraging to hear where you're at on your journey and, yeah. um, and to hear that, that God brought to you a lot of the answers to those questions um, in his time, yeah. and in his way. Yeah. It's so yeah. great. Yeah, and that's so a really great. good point too, Dave, because I was seeking those <laughs> answers but God brought them to me in his time. And that is very true. Man, that's awesome. Well, again, thank you so much. It's an honor to, to be able to talk to you today. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. I've enjoyed this time immensely. Thank you for having me. Wow, that was a fantastic interview with Sandy. It's such an honor to have her on. And um, Mel, you should go read her blog. What is her blog? It's called Jesus and Dark Chocolate, which are two Ooh, things I, I love. I like both of those things. <laughs> I know. Uh, it's jesusdarkchoc.com. Okay. And uh, it's so cool. I mean, the byline right there is seeking God's purpose in the pain, which is exactly mm. what we try to help people do. Yeah, exactly. So is she, is 
she on social media or is it just a blog? She's also on Instagram and we'll have this information up on this particular podcast page on our website so you can go access it easily. She's a great writer. She has chronicled a lot of their journey. And so you can kind of go follow it along, especially if you're in that space where you're seeking answers on maybe you're in a space where you're experiencing something like this with a loved one or with yourself or whatever. And she's got a lot of great insight into how they've been walking this journey. But man, it's just just an honor to have her on. So great. So great. I also want to mention too, that we have um, commentary for each of these episodes. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, if you're listening, but uh, we decided, because what happened oftentimes after we listened to these episodes is our team would sit around the table, you know, afterwards, and we would just start talking about some of these interviews and we would have different things that we would say and insights we would bring up. And it's like we had more we wanted to talk about. And so what we have done for our $5 a month partners in our monthly partner program is we've now put with every episode, we've got some like five to 10 minute commentary, just some additional insights, some additional teaching essentially, um, and some, some commentary on that particular episode. And so if you want to subscribe to that, it's just a $5 a month donation to nothing is wasted ministries, go to nothing is slash partners. We also have other tiers, $10 a month, $20 a month, extra bonus content there as well. So yeah. And if you're a $10 a month and $20 a month, you'll still have access to this Correct. commentary too, right? That's exactly right. Okay. Cool. Well, yeah, we've got some good stuff on there. You don't want to miss it. Um, We want to thank Ryan at Sleeping at Last. Thank you for providing the music for the Nothing is Wasted podcast. And um, if you have a great story or an encouraging story or even a hard story, we want to hear all the things. So email us at hello at nothingiswasted.com. We would love to hear from you. Um, This has been such a good episode. Um, And so, yeah, we want to share a little clip from next week. So have a listen and we'll see you next time. You know, that there's a common kind of common sense understanding that that all marriages are 50-50, right? We hear that kind of concept stated in a variety of ways. There are two sides to every story, which of course Mm -hmm. there are. I'm not disagreeing with that at all. Um, uh, There's no such thing as a divorce that is only about one person. There are two Mm -hmm. people involved in every marriage. Every every marriage is Um, Mm 50-50. I have to tell you that I really do not like that saying. Yeah. Um, and here's why. First of all, while I completely agree that it is impossible for any, I believe it's impossible, that may be an overstatement, but it, it seems pretty mm-hmm. um, impossible to me for any marriage to uh, survive, let alone thrive, without both spouses yeah. being involved and contributing. Um, I, I have to tell you that over 30 years of being a professional counselor, I have seen many marriages that have been destroyed by one person. 